but but you know in sports you you get you get really excited yeah. you know but we need to get that excited about God but see if you don't even give yourself a chance or just say oh yeah this is church you know it's called school it's church you know it's school you know you got to speak what happens is it does something inside of your spirit your spirit man starts to rise up instead of being dull this is more important than any kind of praise it really is but you've got to stir yourself up nobody can force you you can't you know I can't force you all I can do is tell you but it's the truth <laughs> and it works <laughs> and even when you're depressed and all that stuff amen well, you can be seated okay so you know on Sunday, then on Wednesday, we've been, uh, yeah, or somebody's going to escort those little ones out. <laughs> They're just itching to get to school. To the <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pray for more kids. That's good. We're seeing like, yeah, three little girls going to the same place. That's good. Thank you for bringing that. <laughs> and we're uh, incorporating uh, Morgan Dufresne's uh, faith for kids. Yeah, so we're going to make a kids what? Kids in faith. And we're going we're gonna to do that. And, and also mixed in, sometimes with Keith Moore's, oh, he's got a great thing too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we're going to keep talking about, uh, uh, we're just going to get into this subject more, and it's about healing, but, but calling things that be not as though they were, you know, and calling things in. You need a calling list. Write down a calling list. I call in all the money I need for blah, 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 whatever. Maybe you need a new car. Yeah. Whatever, you know, or call for the healing in your body. Yeah. Write the list down and dispatch the angels to go get it. Those, those angels are real. Uh, is it, uh, Sonia's not here. August, August, we're having this guy who knows a lot about it, Dr. Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. He was here last year. He knows a lot about angels. Awful lot. Because he, he was a drug addict. <laughs> and an angel told him to go home. <laughs> Just when he was shooting up. <laughs> in a shanty in a dumpy old house. And on the and it was close to the beach in California. And he's, he's very keen in the spirit. on That wrote a lot of stuff about angels. Amen. Oh, so, okay, uh, well, oh, okay, well, one of the ushers take this up there. That'll help her. I'm starting to write out the scriptures so it isn't, I don't have to say it five times. <laughs> so, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Come on. 
Whatever version I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> Proverbs 4.20. Okay, so the King James Version says, my son or my daughter, who cares? You know, that, that never, ever bothered me. But some people, are the, yeah, it means, it mean, you know, <laughs> we're, we're actually, women are a man with a womb. Woman, woman, that's where it came from. Woman, a man with a womb. <laughs> and that's up. Anyway, Proverbs 4 says, My son or daughter, attend to my words. When, when you attend to something, you pay attention. But also, it, it means that you're present to hear. When you attend, like you attend something, you know, a football game, you attend church, you're present to hear it. Um, so it, it also means pay attention. Like you would pay attention to someone if you, like, if you were a nurse and you were in the emergency room and someone was dying from a car accident, you pay attention. That's the, that's the point to which you should pay attention. <laughs> okay, so my son, attend. That means you're attending, you're, you're there. Yeah. To my words, incline what, your ear to my sayings. Well, when you incline your ear, you know, some people go like this because one ear is, I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, no, but I mean, when you're inclining your ears, that means it's being spoken out loud, yeah. right? Yeah. It isn't just, I'm going to read the Bible. If <laughs> it, you are so much better off when you speak the word of God out loud. Do you know why? Because it goes from the inner ear, your own inner ear, to your heart. Now, I mean, I, we were talking, and sometimes when I'm real tired at night, yeah, I'll just put something on and just leave it, lay there and fall asleep to it. That's, that's better than zero. I mean, it's yeah, Nancy Dufresne saying the healing scriptures or whoever, or even listening to a, you know, one of the miracle crusades or whatever. But, uh, th I mean, that's fine too. But if you can, you know, incline your ear to the sayings. Okay, so let them not depart from your eyes. It, you know, it, it's good, even though I know a lot of scripture by heart, but it, sometimes it's just good to look at it, to look at the scripture anyway, to take it and look at it. And every day, what are we supposed to say? Now, some people might not know because they're newer. Okay. You're supposed to say what? Yeah. And hey, somebody else say it besides somebody that went to Bible college. <laughs> And somebody, not you either. <laughs> the Ephesians prayer. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 1. Yeah. <laughs> 6, yeah, 14 
through 23. Every day, open up the eyes of my understanding. God, with all my heart, I mean it. Open up the eyes. Kenneth Hagin said, he, I heard him say it when I was a baby Christian because my daughter was going to Rhema. And I was there and he said, say this every day. You will begin to understand the word. You'll understand the word. Because that's a prayer that Paul prayed. Open up the eyes. And you could put people's names in there and pray for other people. Open up the eyes of our understanding. Flood my heart with light that I might know the hope to which I have been called. And how glorious is the inheritance of the saints. You're a saint if you're born again. You're a saint. See, I had, I had to learn that they had to be canonized after 200 years later. <laughs> but no, you're a saint. Why, a saint I ain't. I don't act like it. No, if you're born again, your spirit, God looks at it that way. And you do need to repent if you've been screwing up. <laughs> but um, open up the eyes of my eyes, strike my heart with light, that I may know the hope to which I've been called, how glorious is the inheritance. We inherited healing. We inherited finances. We've inherited everything from God, joy and peace among turmoil. Yeah, no fear. So, so many things. No depression. Uh, we've inherited all those things that we might know of the inheritance of the saints and that we, we might know of the exceedingly, exceeding greatness of God's power in us. God's power in us and for us who believe it. As, now get this, as he demonstrated that power when he raised Jesus from the dead. I'm mixing up the Amplified with it, but it said he demonstrated the power that's in us when he raised Jesus from the dead. Well, what do you call that? I call that resurrection power. That resurrection power is inside of you. It says it right there. Now, I had to say that scripture over and 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 over until all of a sudden one day I realized that's what it meant. Do you see what I mean? You start to get revelation, knowledge of the word of God, and it helps you with the rest of the word of God. As he demonstrated in the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him up then, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all the demons. And he named the four types, principality, power, might, and dominion. There's different names that in the armor of God, but okay. So, so, you know what? And he set Jesus at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And you know what? It says he set us there. In Ephesians 2, 6, he said he raised us up with Jesus at his own right hand in the heavenly places. What do you mean? I'm standing here. I'm also seated at the right hand of the Father. And if you're born again, so are you. And do you know what? That's the highest place of authority in the universe. It's a place of authority. A place where you can say in the name of Jesus, you, that you will live and not die like he did to his daughter, granddaughter. It's the highest place of authority. He seated you there. 
Even scientists have said there's something weird, like they didn't believe, you know, not, but they said it's like, it's a double, don't ask me <laughs> to explain that. Yeah, maybe you can explain better. But it's, it was like, there's a little pamphlet called Quantum Faith. And it's quantum science. You know what? And it, she compares it, it's a net caps. She compares it with, with, with these things. And it's so good. You have no idea the power that's inside of you. I'm way off my subject, but that's okay. The power of God is in you. Dynamite power, authoritative power. God turned around. He went, uh, ascended up into heaven. Before he did, he says, now you go. And when he said that, he gave you his power. He says, you take authority in the earth. That's why nobody takes it. We do, though. With the storms. I bet you we've caused more storms to go around Fremont. And they do. You look on the map, and they're going around it. <laughs> like there was a few weeks back, there was tornadoes, warnings. Yeah. Now, didn't hit. I hate to say it. It hit all the little other towns that were close by, but it didn't hit us. But you have authority. And we've got to use it. You've got authority over sickness and disease, too. Fires, all kinds of things. Start, Yeah, she's saying, yeah. Because I remember she called us once. She said, this field's on fire, and it's coming towards our house. And we're in the name of Jesus. I take authority over that. You turn. You know what happened? The wind changed direction. It gives me chills. <laughs> Leaking gas in her house. I mean, there's things that you take authority over. They work. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that prayer, and you say it every day, you're going to start to get that. I didn't even try to memorize it. I just said it every day. <laughs> Since I was a Christian, almost every day, I've guaranteed, I've probably missed some days, but um, you start to know it by heart. And you start to really understand what it means. These things will help you when there's danger, when there's car accidents. The lady back there, she was, oh my gosh, if I'd show her your, her car, I mean, she was in a terrible accident and it was a criminal trying to escape, right? Or he was trying to get away from the police, wasn't he? Yeah, he's probably going 100 miles an hour in Omaha, in, um, uh, in town. <laughs> yeah. And her car was upside down. It was just totally wrecked. She crawled out of it. Amen. Nothing. Leah back there. Leah Cross. <laughs> yeah. Well, she does too, though. Her too. She prays. <laughs> she does. <laughs> See, those things will help us and save us in so many situations. Okay, we're back to this. Okay, see, don't let, the word is so important. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the middle of your heart. For those words, it says in verse 22, now let's see, what do we got up there? Yeah, for they are life. They are Zoe life. They are life. No death in them, nothing bad in them that find them. 
See, you, you can find the word if you get into the word. But I will tell you something else. That word find, and I found this out from Rick Renner, who is an expert on, on Hebrew. He said the word find there actually means to those that enunciate them. Enunciate means you're saying it with your mouth. Out loud. Isn't that something? To those that find them, and health, the word health there, another word in the Hebrew means medicine. Those words are medicine to all of your flesh. Medicine. That's huge. The words of God. So it means healing and medicine. Yes. Okay, so now if you want your your flesh to respond to healing and to manifest the life of God's word, you've got to speak the word until it becomes infused. Permeates. It fills. It saturates. It becomes implanted into your spirit. And it becomes a part of you. See, you, you, you can't just say it once, really. But see, it's medicine. If you got an antibiotic and you're supposed to take it three times a day, you would diligently do that, especially if you felt rotten. But see, you could take the word of God does the same thing. Seriously. See, and then the word becomes your thoughts. And it becomes manifested in your body. Because you say it so much, it takes over those negative thoughts. And it, in order for God's word on healing to take root in your flesh, it has to take root in your spirit first. See that whole book? Because <laughs> you can say it, you know, there's a book because every sickness is spiritual. It's all spiritual. And if your spirit is aside from you, your spirit is different than your flesh. And you get that word in there with revelation knowledge, you can be healed of fourth stage cancer. You get it in your spirit first, and it begins. I was, something just passed through me and I was trying to get it from the Lord. Okay, but the, um, okay, the same spirit, it's Romans 8, 11, I think that I was thinking of. Uh, okay, the same spirit that raised Jesus from, no, that, is that what it, from the dead, dwells in me and that, the, wait, wait just a minute, just let me, let me do it. Okay. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And that spirit quickens or can make alive my stomach. It can, that spirit, that ra that's resurrection power. And you see, Jesus was full of wounds and sick. I mean, that he took all our sicknesses. He had to be healed before he rose from the dead. God had to heal him. And um, 
that same spirit, it says, lives in you if you're born again. See, that's another thing that's such a huge scripture. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And it can make alive or quicken my liver, my stomach, my heart, my lungs, my blood vessels. See, if you can get to that point, this is truth. His words, I mean, all this stuff. Now, this might seem, you know, I'm not just, I don't want to just give you some good sermon that makes you happy when you get out or like all emotional and all that stuff. We need the practical word of the God, of God also to even live. Okay, but see, that, when it takes root in your spirit, it will manifest in the flesh and it becomes greater than pain greater than disease, and eventually the word becomes a reality in your flesh in the form of healing. Now, I, I can't say you can't just do this a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, see, it takes meditation of the word. And really, though, this is what you're doing, and you got to say it out loud. You're calling things that be not as though they were. Or you're, you're calling things that are not to take care of the things that are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what. Proverbs 4.22 is potent medicine. And it's available today and it's capable <laughs> of healing your body without side effects. <laughs> now, okay, so, you know what? All right. Um, okay, let's put up Psalm 107. It's on the list there. And so, you, you know, you can kind of get those ready. Yes. But we're going to start with verse 19. Okay, so you're looking, yes, this is the Amplified. Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivers them out of their diseases. Go ahead. He sends forth his word and heals them, and he rescues them from the pit and destruction. Oh, that men would praise and confess. When you confess, you're going loud. You're speaking out loud. If you would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, see, this is all part of it. You, you, you speak that word and you say, thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you so much, God, for your goodness, for all your mercy. I magnify you for it. I love you, Lord. I just praise you and I thank you. You start doing that a lot, and I'll tell you what. You are fellowshipping with the Lord to a point where sometimes I can't even sing the song. Says, sometimes when they say, I say, my God. <laughs> if you want to argue with me, he's my God. 
No, he's yours too. No, he's mine. No. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> but see, you get to that point. God, you're so good. Did I get the deck? Okay. And let them sacrifice. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like worshiping the Lord. I don't feel like saying anything. Well, it's just, this is corny. Oh, this is corny. No. No. It's not. The rest of that stuff is religion. You go out there and you don't have any answers when you get in the parking lot. We want to give you answers. And let them sacrifice. It might be a sacrifice to do that. Because you just, you, you have a fever. You don't feel good. You got a sore throat. You know, you don't feel like talking, but you do it. <laughs> the sacrifices of thanksgiving and rehearse God's deeds with shouts of joy and singing. <laughs> I tell you, when, when Sonia got back from from, and I, I just have to say, because I was around her more, but Sonia, she got back from Bible college. Yeah. And you know what? That's one thing I noticed about her. Something bad would happen, and she'd go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and she would start, and you know what? I went, yeah. And then I noticed all the Bible students that came from Marietta would do that. I thought, <laughs> where have you been, Jack? <laughs> Finally, I taught her. I, I taught her. I told her she actually taught me by watching her <laughs> in that area of depression or I mean if you get depressed and you move out of it just go I praise you Lord well I praise you Lord I praise you Lord pretty soon you're going I praise you Lord oh I praise you Lord <laughs> okay well see okay so that's Psalm 107 19 through 22 first Peter 2 24 they're just keep getting them ready the ones that I have so we don't it doesn't take too much time up Okay. Now I said to do the Amplified. We always do the King James, but I just he personally bore our sins, every single one of you, in his own body on the tree, on the cross, as an altar, and offered himself on it like a, a lamb. That we might die. Cease to exist to sin and live unto righteousness. When, you, when, when he did that and you got born again, you got righteousness. And righteousness, you say, oh, I just can't stop this. Well, I was a drug addict. Oh, I just can't stop doing it. Baloney, you got righteousness in you once you have born again. And you have more ability to stop bad habits than you did before truth. It says it right there. Now, here's the separation. That's getting born again, that first part. The second part is healing. And by his wounds, you have been healed. By his beatings, it says in some uh, versions, by his bruises from the beating that he got, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. There's two separate things there. Most people look at the first one, you have to get born again, and they don't believe the healing. It's, it's, it's a little hard, maybe more difficult because when you're in pain, you know, 
But I believe for healing when I've been in pain. I had that infected tooth that on that weekend on a Saturday. I said something about it last week. I don't know, sometime I said something about it. And I'll tell you what, I thought, I'm just going to really get into the healing. And just really, I go, okay. And I, I, I just meditated that it was going into that area. And you know what? It did. It left, the pain left, and it was swollen. And, and I went to the dentist on Monday, though. I wasn't being foolish, not, you know, and just like, well, oh, it was healed. It wasn't really healed. And you know what? He says, boy, that's strange. It's because I had to preach the next morning. You know, I could have gotten somebody else, but I was just, okay. So I went on Monday morning, and he said, that's really strange. It walled off. And I said, <laughs> I said, I was praying, and he even said that. So as a dentist, I, you know, it might have been, it's just it, something different happened, or he wouldn't have said that. And he said, but it's full of infection. <laughs> and actually, he even, I even think I had to take antibiotics before he could do anything. Yeah, I did. He sent me home with pills instead of doing anything. Okay, but see, those are two separate, and that's where we've got to get. First part tells you about being born again. The second, the last sentence is healing. A lot of people don't recognize. Okay, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I can see that I'm not going to get through my notes, but that's okay. <laughs> 4 and 5. And now, know this too. In the King James Version on this, it says, um, it, it just, all it says is, surely he has borne our griefs. And then it also calls, uh, let's see, sorrow, okay, they call griefs is the sickness and sorrow is the pain. They would not put it in there. I have a Hebrew Bible, or interpreted from Hebrew to English, that the Jewish people wrote, and I've brought it here before, and it actually says the right thing. They call it sickness and pain. And uh, Keith Moore was talking about how they had a big argument because they just didn't think sicknesses and heal. It's I don't we don't see healing. You know, <laughs> that much. And um, they, they argued about it. And so in the King James, they actually just put grief and sorrow. Instead of sickness, it, grief is, means sickness in Hebrew. But the Hebrew Bible says it. Surely has borne our sicknesses, our weaknesses and distresses. He carried our sorrow and pain. Sorrow means pain in Hebrew, okay, of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Okay, go ahead. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Those are sins that we commit, like unforgiveness and things like that. I've got it explained in my Bible. Maybe I should go in there, Isaiah. Yeah, I'm just going to take my time and not, maybe I won't even finish this. Okay, so uh, let's see. <laughs> Transgressions, offenses, 
sin, wrongdoing, misdemeanor, misdeeds, law-breaking, wickedness. Um, iniqui- okay, he, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. Iniquities is a little bit different. Deeply rooted, premeditated choices. You, continu- it, uh, you continue to do them without repentance. Uh, one of them was an example, David with Bathsheba. And he killed her husband, Uriah, because she got pregnant. You see, okay, in Micah 2.7, it actually says, don't put it up there, but iniquity not checked leads to an unrepentant sin and no fear of God. A harder and harder heart and a reprobate mind begins to happen and becomes a generational curse. That's where those generational curses, that like, like my, I found out one of my grandfathers was uh, an alcoholic. And, um, you know, it, that pattern will try to come down the line. It'll even try to come in the form of overeating yeah. or some, you know, just overdoing things. It can come or with drugs and it could be pharmaceutical drugs. It actually, pharmacia means sorcery. It's a form of witchcraft. You take too many drugs. Don't do that. I mean, I've had people with 15 drugs and they've gotten off of them, though. You know? Or, or way too many. People my age, a lot of them, they're on a tremendous amount of drugs. You know what? That's, that's, gonna, that's what kills them. <laughs> it does starts because there's too many side effects okay so uh okay iniquities and transgression a little bit different you know okay but jesus he we're redeemed from the curse of the law that means we are redeemed from curses from any kind of generational curses however if you just operate in the flesh all the time they're going to get you You have to operate in the spirit and be serious about this word. And then it doesn't, it, you can overcome that stuff. Okay, so where was I? Okay, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, beaten for guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace. That's another one. You lose your peace. Peace, losing your peace is the biggest uh, thing that causes sickness and disease, even cancer, all that stuff, losing your peace. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. When they tied his hands back, back and maybe 300 to 600 soldiers spit on him and knocked him on the head with the, when he had that seven-inch thorns. Seven inches they pounded in his head. Um, and that was chastisement for his peace. When you're bullied, he took it. There was more than that. He, w- he was abused by the soldiers. And when, when, he was, when he was beaten, he was naked. I mean, how humiliating. 
that went on the cross he was naked folks that's a known fact people you don't see him like that but uh, and you know but he was naked think how humiliating that would be and with the stripes now that was the extra of the bruises that wounded him we are healed and made whole you see that the first parts for a sin, again it says it the first parts for the sin the latter parts for the healing See, so, uh, see, healing is a fact according to those last, those, all those scriptures, as far as God is concerned. And it belongs to us because healing was taken care of in that atonement when he died on the cross. So, see, our confession of the word of God, though, calls for healing, which is already ours, but not yet manifest in our bodies. So you got to call for it. You see what I mean? Okay. See, we're and we're not teaching against doctors. You know that because I went <laughs> or, or miracles. I mean, or medicine. We're not teaching it. But see, don't depend on either one to keep you healthy. There, there, uh, there is diseases that medical science can't even cure. But if you need a doctor, see a doctor because many people's lives are saved when they go to the doctor. And see, if you're taking medicine, mix it with faith. And every time you take a pill, say, I believe I received my healing in Jesus' name. I believe I received my healing in Jesus' name. Uh, you know, so, some meds have so many side effects that they are worse than the disease. <laughs> See, that, that's the whole thing. I always look at what the side effects are. I know, I told the doctor, see, okay, uh, my cholesterol was really high, and I think it's, that is a bunch of baloney anyway, to pull it down. Um, <laughs> okay, well, wait. Oh, just, okay. And he says, well, I told him right off the bat, I'm not a pill taker. He was a new doctor. <laughs> and he was nice. I was so glad. He was so nice and understanding. <laughs> And and um and he's then he said, well, your cholesterol is really high, and he said uh, he says, but I know you. <laughs> if I <laughs> and he says, you know what, you're 83 years old, and I said, yeah, and he says, I see from the records that it has been that high for years, and he says, look at you, <laughs> you're, you look you're healthy and running around, and he says. I'm not giving you a prescription. And I said, even if you would, I would have tear it up. <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> See, having been a nurse, I know what some of the drugs are. It's like Jerry Burley, he's a pastor, and he said, some people's cholesterol is just different than others. His has been that way too. And I have never been affected by that. I don't have heart trouble. <laughs> or anything, or like I know it, uh, whatever. <laughs> you keep speaking. Okay, so, but it takes time to renew your mind and develop faith in your words and in the word of God. See, things you are continually confessing eventually become a part of you. Like my finger is a part of me. See, so learn to make the word of God so important, a part of what, what we are saying. There are so many healing scriptures. See, Jesus is our example 
Jesus only said what the Father told him to say. But see, okay, like me, okay, this hip was bothering me. A man, I am just feeling so good and getting, you know, <laughs> whoops, I could never wear shoes like this a year ago. <laughs> no, but um, it got to the point where it was inhibiting me from doing God's plan for me, which is this doing this and not being able to do a lot of things. I said, God, I know my faith isn't there and I'm doing so many things. I can't oh, get that. And, and, you know, he said, he actually told me, go do it. <laughs> go have hip surgery. <laughs> Just like you had surgery. Yeah. And when, while you were in California and it really helped you, did it? Yes. Yeah, finally, because I can remember how, how you, yeah, feel good. And it's just, oh, it's, sometimes that's, that's okay. You know, it's okay. See, but our words, okay. Everybody knows what Legos are. Legos, toys, <laughs> building. Our words are building blocks. In fact, that word, uh, it's, a, it's a Greek word that is homo, oh, homologio. And that it, it, at the end, it's, it's spelled like le, Lego. Um, it, yeah, it means your words, and it is, they are building blocks just like that. And your words can construct your life and your future. Yeah. Ooh, in fact, our words set the cornerstones of our life. And right now, you know what? We're living within the confines of the words and the boundary you created with your words. And you are creating with the words of your mouth for good or for bad. But you can change that. You can change that. Okay, so see, situations occur, circumstances occur, conditions are all subject to change. Amen? See, with the support of the word of God, you can establish the future for good. Or if you want to just let the flesh hang out. And sometimes I, you know, it depends and I go, stop it, stop talking about it. <laughs> so I'm not saying, Proverbs 18, 21, you don't have to put it up there. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who love it will eat the fruit of it. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And um, it, it doesn't say that God's in power... Uh, death and life are in the power of God. It doesn't say that death and life are in the power of Satan. It says death and life are in the power of your words. <laughs> okay, Luke 6.45. But what you believe, what you speak affects your body and your immune system. Your body hears it all the time. So our, our, either our words are a blessing or a curse. So be careful. Be careful of it. So this is what it says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good through his mouth. And an evil man out of, he calls it evil, <laughs> evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. 
So get the word in there and you'll start changing some of the words of your mouth. Okay, James 3, yeah. verse 2. is amplified. Okay. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if, if anyone does not offend in his speech, he never ever says the wrong thing. <laughs> I think the only one that did that was Jesus. <laughs> he is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. This is out of the Amplified Bible. Go ahead. If we set bits in a horse's mouth, you all know that. Anybody ride horses in here? <laughs> yeah. If you, you have to set a bit in their mouth to control them, right? You set a bit in the horse's mouth to make them obey you. So you can turn their whole bodies about. Here's this huge horse that weighs a lot. And you know what? Here's this tiny little bit you put in there. And it controls him. Go ahead. Likewise, look at ships. <laughs> Same thing. Though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by that little small rudder. <laughs> Wherever the impulse of the hel hel helmsman determines. He's the captain, you know, or steer, the one to steer. Okay, go ahead. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a forest a tiny spark can set ablaze. You can, you can do a whole forest by throwing out a cigarette. You know, Okay, but, but even the tongue, you can start gossip, and it'll start going just like a forest fire, and it's not even true sometimes. Okay, so the tongue, see, go ahead, and the tongue is a fire. <laughs> the tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body. It affects your body what you say. So see, even praise God and he'll be on the scene because he inhabits. He comes to live with closer to you. The praises of his people. Okay, it contaminates and depraves the whole body and sets on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. <laughs> You can ignite, you can, you can talk yourself into a sickness, and it'll appear. You can. See, your own words can change your immune system for better or for worse. My immune system is strong and healthy. You can talk to it. Jesus talked to fevers. God's word is infused it's engrafted into you by giving voice yes, to his word yeah. by talking out loud exactly. with your own mouth. Yeah. It gets infused in you. You talk about, you know, like pets. You put, you put you know, your name, address, and yeah. the vet or whatever yeah. in, infused under the skin or whatever. 
Well, that you can get God's word infused in you. You see? But see, you have to continue to affirm that word of faith. So you build up whatever you need to build up inside of you. And you have to call it too. See, a super, it's a supernatural anointing occurs. And it's capable of eliminating sickness and disease in a natural manner. Isaiah 65. 60. That's, yeah, you know, it's for finances, it's for healing, it's for your children, it's for everything. There's scriptures for everything. For every, oh, wait a minute, is Isaiah 65, 16. Okay, so it shall be that he who invokes a blessing on himself in the land shall do so by saying. <laughs> and that's something. May the God of truth and fidelity, the amen, bless me. And he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth and faithfulness to his promises, the amen. Because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes because you were speaking. <laughs> Isn't that a good scripture? <laughs> now, those of you who know Jerry Burley, he has a big banner. He had a big banner made yeah. at the first part of that, yeah. that's invoked by speaking. Okay, Isaiah 43, 25 and 26. Okay, I, saith God, I, even I, am he who blotted out your transgressions, your sins, for my own sake. So he didn't have to look at <laughs> And will not remember your sins. Go ahead. But put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance of what? The word of God. Let us plead together like a lawyer. See? Declare. Declare that word so you may be justified. You know what? You're either justified or acquitted in a courtroom. You have to go to court for something, you know? You have a lawyer, and then the judge proclaims. <laughs> you're justified or acquitted, right? So see, you're going to be, you're justified by your words. All right. So. So no, no, it takes time to develop faith, though, to operate in these principles. And you've got to keep saying it. It'd be good to do it every day. See, don't let anyone put you under condemnation, though, for going to doctors or having an operation. I'm just saying that. In other words, operate on your level of faith. But don't stay there forever. Move upward. Move up and continue in God's word and until you develop faith in the healing power of God's word. You know, God said, am I going to find faith when I come back? And that's talking about the rapture. And so he's telling me by that statement, those people who are not in faith, faith believes God, are not going to go up in that first load. That's not the first load, it's the second load, actually. <laughs> The first load are those who are in the graves, yeah. and they're all going to come first, and then we'll join them in the air. Yeah. 
See, God's word is creative power. He created the worlds. He framed the worlds with his words. You know, he, he had to speak or there wouldn't be any worlds. It just could be that it was like, oh, okay. Hmm. He's thinking, you know, and saying no words. Nothing would have happened. Nothing. If he has to do it, we have to do it. See, the universe, oh, I already said that, but see, confessing the word of God can change your life for the better in all seriousness. And, and it can change the image of sickness that you have in your, in your own body into an image of healing and health. It, it, it takes time. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. See, you can't, you can't just... Honestly, it's, either to, it's easier to live in the world system. Just get up, drink your coffee, smoke a cigarette, eat breakfast, read whatever, whatever you want to do, or go outside. No, I mean, you know, it, it can be just natural things, but you never do anything else. To, to, even as Christians, a lot of Christians just live that way. The first thing you need to do is to, to have some kind of relationship with God in the morning, even if it's short, because it will set your day. It really will. It will set your day. It's so important because you, you fill yourself up, you get yourself ready. See, but it takes, like I said, time, discipline, commitment. You can't just read those confessions and, and say you you. Oh, I read them. See, this is what I see sometimes with people. They read it real fast. You know, and it's just like, uh, like I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I never, I lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him and he direct my path. I just can't do that. God, I trust you. I trust you with all my heart. That's the way you got to, do you, do you understand what I'm talking? I'm fellowshipping with him when I do that. I trust you, God. I really do. With all my heart, I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I had to do that when I bought the church. What did I do? <laughs> In all my ways, I acknowledge you, God. I'm, I'm going to ask your directions, and you will direct my path. And I, I, I'm, I'm counting on you to direct it. That's fellowshipping with there, not just blabbing scriptures off. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. No, meditate on that. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you look it over, you go over it and over it. Pretty soon you start thinking, you start thinking of things that happened. And you think, oh yeah, if I would have said that, that would have counteracted that. See, you, you start to think of situations. But you got to meditate. You murmur it, you go over it. Like one scripture, like I know, you know, he's a... Uh, deputy sheriff and he uh you know sometimes he has time in the car and he you you've told me that you meditated on stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you can't just read uh, you have to confess the word out loud though over your body with authority even two to three times daily like you would take medicine see return god's word to him God declares his word will not return void. See, that's another one. 
Your word doesn't return void, but shall it come to me, please, and press blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That word doesn't return void. It produces something. <laughs> See, we were to return his word. He said, put me in remembrance of my word. He told us to do it. Otherwise, he can't do anything for you. You've got to put him in remembrance of his word. People just think, well, God said it, that he's going to do, just as going to follow me like ripe cherries. No, it isn't. <laughs> See, we're to return that word to him by giving voice to it. And he will create the fruit of our lips. He'll create the answer with our lips for us. You see, confessing God's word is a way to fellowship. And I have already said that. I noticed that. You, even some of those handouts that we give, you just, you just fellowship with him. You kind of talk to him about it. See, and at the same time, you are increasing your faith. But you can't be hit and miss either. You, you got to make it a practice. Just like you take an antibiotic or any uh, diabetic medicine, a heart medicine, whatever. You got to make it a practice to take God's medicine on a regular basis, just like any other medicine. And then it's going to be life to you and health to all your flesh. 1 Corinthians 1, 25 through 29. While they're uh, putting that up, and I'll be done pretty quick, but um, I wanted to tell you, after the sound discipline mind, we're going we're gonna to really dig into, dig into the Holy Ghost, because we need more manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And um, so we're going to start teaching on, on uh, the... Uh, gifts of the spirit and stuff like that and what they are and what they enhance and and on that bible study and just just more things and how important it is to speak in tongues the other night i turned on youtube and whoa <laughs> i oh, <laughs> i was like kind of half asleep <laughs> and then, well i was i was listening to nancy dufresne and then this came on sometimes it moves to it was I was like, whoa, what is this? Guess who it was? It was Billy Brim, and it was, and it was Lynn Hammond, you were listening to. <laughs> Lynn Hammond and, and uh, um, uh, Eagle Mount, uh, the past, Terry Pearsons. Terry Pearsons. <laughs> they were praying. Yeah, and that, was, uh, that would have been May 5th. It was uh, the day of prayer. Yep. And they were crying and praying, and I'm talking a long time. And you know what? Just to have somebody praying with you that way, I prayed with them a whole hour and 15 minutes. And it's, yeah, because, and it's just good when you can get it back on YouTube. Yeah. See, that's the way I was used to because I, I grew up with the, in the charismatic movement. And that was just a very prominent was the Holy Ghost. I mean, we would have laughing. We wouldn't do anything. <laughs> you just stay there and like, like I was teaching school. And the chapel kids, all of a sudden, I said, okay, you're dismissed. And they went, they all sat there. <laughs> and they couldn't, one of them said, I can't move, Mrs. Hartman. <laughs> I can't move. 
<laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of your kids. <laughs> one of your, your uh, yeah. Anyway, and, uh, yeah, and they were just, and then another one was rocking back and forth and back and forth, and one of them just fell out on, <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Another one was crying and saying, i got to repent. And what had happened the night before, I was with um, we have the one from Florida that you're always watching. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown. I had, that's where I got, and the, this guy was with Rodney Howard Brown, though, and he, um, he picked me out of the crowd and said, you're on fire. And he said, come up here. I went, mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, he prayed for me. I fell out, and he, for 45 minutes, I was on the floor, and Sherry was there. She saw it. So you were there. You saw it. Yeah, Tony Anderson was there. And I was kicking my legs in the air. Glad I had slacks on. No, but the Holy Ghost <laughs> would never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, and the whole time he was preaching. And the next day, I never said a word to those kids because they were from all different denominations. And I had to be careful. <laughs> never said a word. Whatever was on me got on them. I was shocked because I never said a word about that. <laughs> and, and it, you know, came on him. One, one kid was crying and repenting for, for not, I told you that. Did I say? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. First Corinthians 1. This is because the foolish thing that has its source in God is wiser than men. Right? Things that seem foolish are wiser than men. And the weak thing that springs from God is stronger than men. Keep going. For simply consider your own call, brethren, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were considered to be really hot stuff. <laughs> Wise, according to human estimates. Who are they? You know, they're no big famous person beautiful movie star, right? Yeah. <laughs> and standards. Not many influential and powerful, not many of high and noble birth, right? Yep. Were you all, were you millionaires of noble birth and you were, had a king, you know, for a mom and, or a king for a mom? I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, a queen and a king for a mom and dad. Yeah. I mean, that's what that means. Do you get what that means? You were really rich millionaires. You were from the Trump family or whatever. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, for God selected and deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame. You. And what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also selected, deliberately chose what in the world is lowborn and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, that he might depose and bring to nothing the things that are. So that no mortal man should have a pretense for glorifying and boast in the presence of God. Now, that's the Amplified. See, this is not God's... <laughs> okay. 
uh, would you put up the one verse, uh, I think it was verse 28, it actually, in the King James, um, I better go there myself. Wait, just let me read it to you. First Corinthians 1. I'm just trying to help you. I, some people just trying to get this really straight. 25 in the King Yeah. It actually says no, no flesh should glory in his presence. Well, I was looking for Okay, so there, there's that, that one saying, he chose the things which are not to bring to nothing things that are. In the King James, that's verse 28. Okay, so this is God's method of using, and I'll explain it. Things that are not manifested, you can't see them. Things you cannot see with the natural eye to bring to zero or not the things that are you're seeing. Like, let's say cancer right out here. He brings the things that you can't see. The word. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you see what I mean? Speaking the word. To bring to nothing the things that are you are looking at. I'll say it again. Go, okay. That, that's God's method. He calls things that be not as though they were. I explained if you don't call the, you say, oh, I can't call the dog because then I'm lying. So here's the dog. Well, okay, you say, oh, that's, that, that's, you're just, you're just lying. That's a bunch of baloney. And people will say this about us. But it's in the Bible. Do you see that? It's in there. It's, yeah, you're calling. You're calling it in. To, so that thing which you see is going to go to zero. It's going to go away. <laughs> and people will say, well, you're lying. You're denying, and I, I got that written down on the next page, I think, <laughs> but you're denying that it exists. Oh, you're one of those, the doctor says, who is in denial. No, we're not in denial, not in denial. We just know what the word says, but I mean, you don't, you don't try to tell him that. You just, you know, just go along with it. <laughs> they don't understand. Okay, so God chose this. This whole thing. But see, then people, you say, okay, well, you, you know, you want to feed your dog and your dog's missing or your cat's missing, you know, and you want to feed him. And, uh, and the neighbor says, well, how come you're out here? I'm looking for my dog. Well, why don't you call him? Oh, I might be lying. You see, I deny that he's anywhere. I'm denying the dog that he even exists because I can't see him. Do you see what I'm talking about? That God says to call it. And really practical, you would call here, dog. Here, whatever, Skippy. Here, Skippy. 
That's why I used to whistle for him again. To, <laughs> or my cat. I go, oh, brother. I go, here, kitty, 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 kitty. I was doing that really loud because the storm was coming one, a few years back at our house. And I heard the neighbor kids mock me. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> Cross the road. <laughs> oh, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> I just kept calling it. <laughs> now we got a cat that never goes out. Because <laughs> I got offended. No. <laughs> okay. So see, okay. All right. Let me. Okay. So God shows this method. And, and we didn't, but now we'd be blessed to use it. Right? God shows things that are not manifest. You can't see them or spiritual forces. You cannot see or feel, taste or touch or hear to bring to zero things that are manifested to the senses. You see, we're living in a sense world and everybody will say that everybody lives by the senses mostly whether you're born again, spirit-filled or not. And that's where you've got to watch it. God's word is more important about what it says. See, God will reduce to nothing those things that are not in agreement with the word of God. You got that now? I mean, what I'm really saying. And if you have a problem and you can see it, then it's in the natural realm. And as long as you can see it, you can use your faith, you can use the word of God to change it by calling things that are not as though they were. Does that help? <laughs> Go to 2 Corinthians, this is the last scripture, I think, uh, 4, 13 first, and then 16 through 18. Oh, got it. Yet we have the same spirit of faith. God said he gave us the same spirit of faith. As he, and that, that's David there, but it, it's that same thing as he had wrote, I have believed and therefore I speak. Amen. We too believe and therefore speak. Okay, the next verse that I have there. Therefore, now it's verse 16. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. When you hear a report... In fact, whose report do you believe? That's a scripture too. <laughs> Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. Therefore, our light momentary affliction. The doctor just told you you had cancer. <laughs> that happened to me. And this slight distress of the passing hour, first thing I thought of was, whose report do you believe? Is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and calculations 
a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease because all that other stuff you're getting from the natural realm and people speaking and saying, this is impossible. You're going to die. You've got fourth stage. Hey, you got fourth stage. Is this too hard to understand? This is the word of God. It is revelation, knowledge of the word of God. See, never to cease, go ahead, since we consider and not look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are brief and fleeting and temporal, right? But the things that are invisible are deathless, no death, and everlasting, because it's the word of God. And... and you called the word, see, the unseen realm, wait, it, wait a minute, it, the unseen, okay, well, I don't have it right in my Bible right now. Okay, Second Corinthians 4.18. If you say these slow, you can understand them. If you just take it piece by piece. Uh, okay, in the King James, yeah, I did, at the end I put it, I think. While the King James says the last verse, while we look at the things which are seen, not, we don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, fleeting, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The word of God is eternal. The unseen realm is the most powerful realm because it's governed by God's principles. And that scripture is the principle God ordained. And he actually used it from Genesis to Revelation, and I'm almost done, I know you're getting tired. It's the principle of calling things that are not as though they were, but you've got to call them. You've got to speak. You've got to do it. Write it down, what you want. Get scripture, get one scripture. So in, in Romans 4, Satan, God, you know, he did that with Abraham. You don't have to put that up there. God calls things that are not manifest as though they were manifest. Amen. So, so God has chosen the things which are not to bring to zero things that are. That scripture is 1 Corinthians 1.28, and that's God's method. And it's called an eternal force. <laughs> You call for eternal forces that put zero things that are seen. It puts to zero cancer. Puts to zero whatever. And you call into manifestation the things that are not, and they'll replace what's manifest. Paul said, overcome evil with good. And when you use God's method... Okay, that's where I said you, you, people think you're denying it, but you're not. God's word is much, heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will never pass away. So see, call, I'm just going to say this and I'll let you go. Call your sons and daughters, your grandchildren, disciples of the Lord, taught of the Lord, great is their peace and understanding. Call them, you know, call them from this, if they're, Maybe they're homeless. Maybe they're on the streets. Maybe they're on drugs. Your brothers, your sisters, 
I mean, call those people. Call them back. That's what happened to the, the speaker that we're going to have. His mother called him back. See, call your checkbook or your billfold filled with finances and your debts paid when there is nothing in the billfold or bank account and you are in debt and the creditors are after you. Call it in. Call it in. Call your body healed. Call your body pain-free even when you feel pain and you receive a diagnosis. I've done it and it works. I've, that one I've done for sure. Amen. And so I know it's late, so <laughs> I, this might, you know, and, and it was a lot because people, yep, you can get it on pot bean again or whatever beans. <laughs> you, you heard that. Whatever beans you can get it on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> The joy of the Lord is your strength. You all go there and <laughs> hallelujah. God, we thank you. We love the joy of the Lord. We love you so very, very much, God. And I pray that even, even this teaching, which was a little more, oh my gosh, I stop and think, it's, God, it's your method. It's the thing you do in every situation and most of your, your children don't know it. Oh, it's been hidden by the devil. And God, we want to operate in it. We want to we do it, God, and make a list and call those things that you want. Call those things that you need to, your, your children, your body, whatever. Be specific. Call your heart healed. You know, whatever part of your body. I'm calling in all the things they took away off me. <laughs> <laughs> my lymph nodes here and, and my knee over here and my hip over here. You know, and God can do it. There's body parts in a storehouse of heaven. So, Father, we thank you. I pray that you would open up the eyes of every person that's in, within range of my voice, God, or live stream and hear, Lord God, that, that you would and that flood their hearts with the light of your word, God, that they might understand these things. We praise you, we thank you, we magnify you, Lord God. We thank you so much for all that you have done for us. And now I thank you, Father, that the blood of Jesus and the angels are around every person leaving this place and that the devil cannot steal the word of God that was implanted into their spirits. You cannot steal it. That fruit shall remain of what they learned. And I challenge every person to make a list. Oh, that's your homework. <laughs> so praise, praise you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you. We trust in you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're dismissed. <laughs>